Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bikini and the Brain podcast with the lovely Ashley Kaltwasser. He loves to use the sound. That's never going to get old. <laughs> that's the only sound on the soundboard that I use. And, uh, and me, Adam. Woo. So, you know what, Ashley? Hmm. You know what? This podcast is stressing me out. Is it? It is. Oh, what you going to do about it? I think we should discuss it today. Okay. Okay, <laughs> let's talk through this. So today's topic is going to be about the effects of stress on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ashley is, I would say, a pretty good expert at dealing with, you know, the contest prep stresses yeah. that come with it, the travels, the this, the that's. And um, I think, you know, we've uh, we've got some interesting things to discuss for you, the, the science behind the stress of what it does to your body too and bodybuilding and, and all that too. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a fun one. Definitely. I would say, you know, me personally, I don't think I get stressed out too often. I think my life for the most part is pretty like stress free. Um, You know, I think there are a few things that do like stress me out in my life. And that's usually like if I travel too much or if I'm out of my routine uh, for too long, it kind of stresses me out a little bit. Like I'm one of those people that like I need a few days to like recover sometimes just to not do anything, but just stay at home in my pajamas, in my glasses and my sloppy bun and do like house chores or something. Um, and just kind of like, I don't know. I'm kind of like, in a sense, I'm kind of like a loner in, in some aspects. Like I like to have like alone time and just where I'm not interacting with a lot of people, you know? Um, so that's kind of like how I deal with stress when I do have it. But, you know, I think it's important to realize there's also good stress and bad stress, but we'll get into that in a bit. But I want to know, Adam, what stresses you out? You know what? I don't, I think that you can set up your life to be stressful or not be stressful. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of set my life up to not be stressful anymore. Yeah. I think um, when I was younger and I was doing this, for more of like a living, you know, it was more stressful. But now that I've kind of passed that point of having to do it for a living and now I just do it because I love it, it really eliminated a lot of my stress, you know? I think right. that that was a big part of it. And it was like, you know, when I was working at like 24 hour fitness and like training and just hoping to, to cover my mortgage and things like that. And then, you know, it, it took a little bit of the joy away from it too because it really was, you know, it's paying your bills and you get to think about other things. Um, so I think, you know, that and then also, I've eliminated any stressful people in my life too. You know, if I have a, even if I have like someone who's really, really just like a, they're just a stress ball client. I'm like, Hey, like I don't do this (laughs) for that reason. I'm not that guy. Like we're going to do this. We're going to have fun and we're not going to be stressed about it because we know like we can only control the controllables and um, I'll eliminate myself from that scenario or eliminate myself from stressful people that are always that, you know, everyone has that or I used to, but I don't have them anymore. But had that friend that's like, all they are is drama. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All they do is like complain. They never see the, the the glass is always half empty. They're always arguing. They're always fighting. They're always something, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like that's that's not my jam, right. man. Like I'm just I'm chill. I'm like that guy that's like you see those like old hippie dudes that are always like high on weed and they're just like, no man, I'm chill. But I just do it without the weed. Yeah. <laughs> I do it without. The, I'm just like, no man, that's not my jam, bro. I'm just in my corner doing my thing, and it's always how I run my. My prep business, like I don't pay attention to the other side of things. I'm just like, yeah, if they're not my athletes, I probably don't know them too much unless I did a bikini review like 
And that's when I like I just don't care, you know. Right. I think that's important too to like not let yourself get overly involved in those things and eliminate those people from your life too that are just causing nothing but negative in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I do feel like you probably? I mean, I would I would expect you to have some stress because you're an owner of a company and you're the boss to yeah <laughs> the employees. Whereas me, I'm only like I have minimal responsibility in my life, which is good. I kind of set my life up to be that way. Yeah. Like I said, that's why I don't even have pets. I don't even want that responsibility. <laughs> I just want to like account for like myself. And you know, I do have some clients, but it's a different level where you actually kind of you know take yeah. care of the employees and make sure your business is running uh, accordingly. You know what the thing is. Um, with me, and this is kind of funny because I talked to um, some of the staff of Patrick Big David. They like we talked for a little while about it, and I was I was more. I'm not really. It's funny because everyone sees me now, and they're like, "Oh, you're like this entrepreneur, this fitness guy," and I'm like, "No, I'm an." Ac-. They, so they they gave me this term, an accidental entrepreneur, right? I was never. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I just started dealing with the growth that naturally, organically occurred. And then as it started growing so much at one point, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I don't want to be that big. I never wanted to be that big. I never wanted all of that. It just was like a fun thing to keep doing and keep growing. And so because it happened that way, instead of me like putting my foot on the gas and being like, got to grow, got to get bigger, got to make more money, like because it just kind of happened. I think like you'll notice all of our team is very, very similar. Like all of our coaches are very similar. We're all just like happy, not super stressed people and, and, my job now is just like, keep it where it's at, but I don't want to grow it anymore. I don't want, mm. you know, I don't want 30 coaches. The quality control goes down when it gets that big. Like I want it to just be this like family that we have here. And so I think because of that, and we're not trying to push it, even though we could, we could probably be 50% bigger by the end of the year, if, uh, end of next year, if I really wanted it to be. But, but why? Like we don't, you know what I mean? Everyone's happy. Everyone's making good money. Everyone's loving their job. Um, you know, no one here is going to, is like saying anything, like no one's disgruntled, you know, everyone's happy. So it's like, when you get in that, you put yourself in that position, you can, you can choose to stress yourself out. You know, I can choose to grow and stress and call every coach every day. You need to do this and you gotta start forcing people to do sales. Like, you know what I mean? But it's, right. but because you don't, you know, I also want to live as long as I can. And I know that the more I do those things, it's going to have a direct impact on my, um, on my longevity. Right. And so, for me, I, my only stress is like if it gets really slow. So like the time I had stress was uh, the last stressful time I had was like 2020 when they were saying, you know, I have to close the gym and they're raising the taxes and the cops were coming in thing and I'm trying to keep it open. That was the only like stressful time. And I think like politically it's it sucked me in a little bit too because of that had a lot of effect on like business owners like me. And so then I like eliminated myself from that because it was just adding nothing but stress to my life and I couldn't control it. And so that was, I think being aware of it is a problem too. Like, because I was like, I want to keep my gym open. I want to keep this. I want to like fight for what's right and all this. But then in the end, you just, you really can't do anything. (laughs) You just, right. right? So like, but it could suck you in, you know? And so you have to be aware too. Like these things can suck you in. Your friends can suck you negative. Like you can make so much stress on your, on your, on your company that it, it makes it not fun anymore. And then it steals the joy. So for me now I've just kind of, um, Face the facts that I want to live and I want to enjoy this. And if it gets too big, you don't. It turns into work and I never want it to turn into work again. And so Mm -hmm. I'm in a a spot where I can eliminate my stress because of that. But it's taken, you know, I did stress out for, you know, in my 20s and a little bit in my 30s where I could 
get to this point. I think that's how it's supposed to be. 20s, you're supposed to grind. You know, 20s, you're supposed to grind, do whatever you do, get a, create a little nest egg. 30s, you're supposed to find, already know what you're, you're supposed to be doing and, and then build that nest egg up. And then 40s, you're supposed to kind of be on cruise control. And then 50, you're like completely, <laughs> I don't know what happens. <laughs> but from what I'm told, it's like, you're just like, you know, you're really taking it easy, you know? So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I don't know. I just kind of, I evaluate that all the time and see what the cost, the cost benefit analysis is. If it ever gets slow to the point where the coaches are not doing, having enough like clients or something, then I will probably stress out. But right. we, I, because we're not growing, it doesn't really run into that problem. We, we run into the opposite problem where it's like, oh, we're getting to the point where we have to start turning people down or hiring more coaches. And I'm like, I don't want to hire more coaches. So mm -hmm. everyone's happy. You know? Yeah. Well, you picked a, a good bunch. Our team is good, right? Yeah, the coaches, are, coaches all like, are all on the same page. Just like you said, we have like the same mindset, I think. Yeah. Even like, you know, um, I would say, so the newest, obviously the newest one here. Oh gosh, is it really that? Nikki would probably be the newest one. Yeah, newest coach here. So even her, she's like, man, everyone's just so nice and welcoming. But she's over a year. So I've been Kimber then. So like everyone's like, everyone's just so welcoming. It's such a good family unit. There's no, there's no fighting in between. Yeah. There's no, none of this. And no, she's like other teams, there's like that rivalries and fighting and this, why did she get this client? Why did she get that? And I'm like, no, we don't none of that would happen here. Right. Like you guys would be God, like no stress here. Like no one's going to, so it's, you know, the people you surround yourself with, you know, exactly. like Arthur's, Arthur's killing it on a video over here Heck and he's yeah, super he happy. Is, yeah. yeah. So, so it's like the people you pick. I will say this. I, I don't think I've ever been, I've never supposed to have been like, I never was intended to be a boss. I don't think. Um, and let that, in that role. And that's why like, you know, Tori does a really good job at that, like more stern role. Yeah. I'm like the creator and I'm, I'm, um, but I can, I'm really good at finding, talent that's what i'm good at mm -hmm. i can see someone and be like there's someone in that person that we can use like i will say when when sassy adam though i don't know if you guys <laughs> ever experienced sassy adam but um oh no nothing to do with sassy, nothing the, sassy. Sasquatch. <laughs> sasquatch. but every once in a while adam will get pretty stern What's in a while? and stand his ground <laughs> and um Better stay out of the, the way. The, the, you know, they, they, they <laughs> say, they say take the boy out the hood. You can't take the hood out the boy. Something like that. So, I mean, I've seen it. It's a rare, it's a rare occasion. It's very rare. Especially now. I, think, I don't think I'll see any of those occurrences for a while. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think, okay, so setting yourself up for stress, right? And I think, you know, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but one of the things that you can set yourself up for to not being stressful in the off season, right? Is it to have a good in season? To have a good off season means you're gonna have a less stressful in season. Yes. And I think that when we talk about stress, we have to talk about the things that people associate stress with, which is obviously like everyone's like, oh, cortisol, right? It's the it's the devil hormone, right? <laughs> like it makes me fat, and it's like, not really. That's not the direct result of that, you know. But there, but stress is a is a, a natural human response. But the thing is, our stress now is different than our stress how it's designed for us. So like before, you know, you got to understand, and I always talk about, you know, evolution and what our life is now. And it's, we've progressed so fast te technologically that there's no way our bodies have, you know, evolved to the point of our comforts that we have, right? So when we think about the things that we would have to stress about before, there, a lot of them were for survival reasons, you know, like you're, like I always say, oh, you're running from a bear, right? Like that's like my joke, but like legit, <laughs> you're running from a bear and, you know, saber tooth tigers like hundreds of years ago, right? Thousands of years ago. So like that's that's what it's designed for. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm stressed out because something life-threatening or of some type or, or really stressful is happening because we didn't have 
someone leaving negative comments on our, <laughs> on our Instagram, right. To stress us out. We didn't have, you know, shows where I placed second when I should have placed first and all my friends said I should have placed first. So I should have placed first, right. We didn't have these things. We had like survival, right. And we're talking just a couple hundred years ago. And when we talk about a couple hundred years ago, it seems like it's a really long time to evolve. But if you look back like 200 years, you're like a few people from that, you know, and it's, I always say that, you know, you're, every person lives like, you know, 70, 80 years, 90 years sometimes, right? So like a couple hundred years is like three people, you know, it's not a lot of evolution in that time frame. You know, everyone thinks I think in like, they think in like 10 year periods, they think like decade, they're like, oh, that's like 20 people 20, 200 years ago. I'm like, no, it's like, people don't have kids. So they're like 30, you know? So like that's, you know, every hundred years is like three people of evolution, right? So we're not used to, we're not ready for the, the technology we have right now, right? So before we get stressed from literally life or death situations, we're running from a bear, cortisol rises, boom, right? What does cortisol do? It basically dumps glucose into your bloodstream, right? So dumps glucose in your bloodstream so you can use it as instant energy, right? So your body's like, okay, this guy's running from a bear, boom, adrenaline burst, right? Heart rate goes up, glucose, glucose dump from the cortisol levels, but then gluc but the cortisol also blocks uh, insulin, right? So it blocks insulin, and that's where the issue becomes in, right? So, all right, back to the scenario. Running from a bear, glucose is in the system, right, at a high amount, so your body can run from that bear and have that instant energy to run from that bear. Insulin, what insulin does, insulin basically drives nutrients to cells. In the case of glucose, it, it, it drives um, cells... Uh, glucose as stores it as glycogen in muscle cells and it also can convert it stored into fat, right? So, but insulin's blocked when cortisol is released. So you have this huge dump of glucose in the bloodstream, but you're now, but now, and you're running from the bear. So you run away because you have that energy, right? Without it, you wouldn't have that instant energy to, to get away and be, be alive. So it's life or death, right? Fight or flight. Now, today's day and age, well, I'm stressed out because Susie Q said, I was fat on stage on my Instagram who has zero followers and zero posts with the, right? But even though a hundred people said positive things, that one negative one's one we focus on, right? So well, she said I was fat, right? Or whatever happened or my, you know, my car didn't start, whatever, right? Our stresses are different now and they don't, but what happens when that stress happens, right? The same, the same things occur, right? Cortisol rises, glucose drops, insulin's blocked, but I'm not using any energy because I'm sitting in a chair looking at my phone, right? Now, Running from getting getting um, in the situation where you're running from a bear or whatever, right? That's a rare occurrence, even back then. Very rare occurrence. Susie Q leaving an Instagram post or daily stresses in our lives now is a very common occurrence, right? So our body still has not deciphered the it's deciphered the difference to some capacity. Obviously, there's a variable of how much it's going to release, and and your adrenaline dumping right is different um, because it becomes more normal, right? So we're having a lot more frequent cortisol, right, elevations and a lot more um, dumps of, of glucose in the bloodstream than a lot higher um, insulin being blocked. So you're, con you're constantly having this, like, glucose in your blood system all the time that you're not instantly needing it, right? You're just sitting down in your stress. And it's just like, you know, maybe it's at a lower level, but it's still happening. And so when that happens, you know, all these other negative things happen. You have all this energy that's always supposed to be used. You have insulin that's constantly being blocked. And that's when you kind of develop, that's when they, you know, you talk, you hear about insulin resistance. That's kind of what it is um, with the, with the, and so what happens with this is everyone's like, well, okay, well, what is, how does this affect bodybuilding? Me being stressed out. Well, well, think about that scenario. You know, you constantly have um, glucose in the bloodstream, your insulin's being blocked. Um, what happens when you have your cells 
depleted of glycogen, right? Your body recognizes the signals that your cells are depleted of glycogen because all those carbs are being dumped because cortisol keeps raising and dumping those calories basically out of the cell in a simple form, right? Dumping the glucose out of the cell. So what happens? Well, the body says, hey, I'm depleted, right? Because you have the, the glucose in the bloodstream. So it says, what does that mean? Well, I'm hungry. I need to feed those cells <laughs> because you're not uptaking those cells, the, the glucose back in, right? Because the insulin's being blocked. So now all of a sudden you have ample energy in the bloodstream. Your insulin's not storing the energy. You're not using the energy and your body's really, really hungry, even though there's ample energy available, right? That is a huge problem for storing body fat and eating more calories and never being satiated and always being hungry no matter what, right? So that's where bodybuilding kind of becomes a problem. There's multiple problems. That's just one of like hundreds, but- so what you're saying is basically, although you might be super stressed, you still have some control and that's whether to eat that extra food or not. Even though you might feel more hungry, it's something you kind of have to mentally push. Uh, you got to push through it, right? Yeah. If I'm reading or listening Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's hard because I was, I was, we, this is one of those podcasts where it was like, Ash was like, this is going to be a technical one, you know, and you got to, you'll have to. And the problem is when you go into these technical ones, this one especially, it's like you want to make it layman's terms, right? You want to make yes. it as easy as possible to understand. But the the reality is, is you're playing 5D chess, right? You've been very good at playing 5D chess. Most people, and I'm not like bashing anyone, but most people are going to play one move chess. You're playing five move chess, right? So when most people get in this situation, they just think of the stress, oh, I'm behind in my prep. I need to catch up. I need to do two hours of cardio, three hours of cardio, not eat any food. No, no, no. Am I going to get in shape for the show? My job's stressing me out. No, no, no. And then they're not losing weight, right? The, they're, they're in a situation, they've dug themselves this hole and the stress is making it harder now, right? Mm -hmm. You're playing 5D chess, right? You've thought about this ahead of time. I'm going to be prepared for that situation so I don't have all this fat to lose. I'm not going to eat no calories. Um, I'm not going to eat crazy, crazy calories and everything I want to eat in the off season. That way, when I get in season, I have an easier prep and I'm not stressed out. Right. You checked in today. You're at your stage weight. You know, I think that we're, we're obviously going to be a, a little leaner come showtime for the Olympia, but you checked in today at 122, right? Like you're five weeks out from the Olympia. What if Friday's five weeks out, right? So like Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> so, so that is, uh, that's a perfect example, right? So then that, so just to clarify, then you can tech, if, even if you don't go over in your calories, you can put on body fat because the cells, uh, or the calories go outside. You'd still, you'd still need to eat a surplus of calories. Okay. Yeah, so that's, okay. That's what I wanted to clarify yeah. because I think a lot of people would use that more as an excuse, like as if it happens within the span of hours, yeah. right? Like, Oh, something happened and they, you know, they're about to go on stage, but they don't look lean enough or whatever. <laughs> and it might, oh, it's something happened that stressed me out. Whereas maybe it could be maybe more so messing with their head, maybe their routine, but not necessarily like, it's not like you just puff up all of a sudden. It yeah. basically is what I'm trying to say. I think the confusion would come from that would be, um, cause that's actually a good point. The, so it wouldn't be true fat calorie based, right? Yeah. It would be more how I look, right? Uh -huh. You're more watery because you're more stressed. You're, okay, you're, there we you're, go. Your waistline is bigger mm -hmm. because of um, if you have too much, like if you have a constant dump of cortisol, it actually, there's another part of it. This, and this is what it actually affects bodybuilding too. So the um, so the, the intestinal system, that's the most vascular area of your body, right? So you have the most blood flow to the vascular system, mm -hmm. right? To the, to the intestinal system. So 
if you are having high levels of cortisol, you actually will impact the amount of blood flow the intestinal system gets, mm, right? Okay, now we're talking. Yeah, okay. so that affects, learning some stuff. Yeah, right. So that affects <laughs> that affects nutrient absorption, that affects digestion, um, and so when you have less blood flow, less natural movement of your bowels, you have net less digestion. We're eating all this protein and not eating that many carbs, which is harder to digest, especially without the carbs and vegetables, right? Without the extra calories. Well, now what happens? Well, now you're having more likelihood to have irritable bowel syndrome. You're having slower bowel movements. And what, what happens with that, right? Well, you're, you're, you're having less, di- uh, you're having worse digestion. You're having a bigger waistline, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're holding more water because you're more stressed and now your waistline's not going down. So you're more stressed. And then what happens? Oh, all of a sudden I'm fatter, right? You're not fatter. <laughs> you're more watery. You're more right. inflamed. You have okay. digestive issues. Um, and that's how people would confuse the two, right? Yes. So, okay. I think that's a very, a very, um, common, I guess thing, you know, and, it makes sense how you're saying it. Yeah. But it's not like instant fat um, deposited. You know, yeah. it's more of like these other factors. Plus, also, whenever you're stressed, you're usually more pessimistic and you're automatically going to think you look worse than you do. I totally. mean, I find myself maybe not like when I'm stressed, but like if I'm if I'm cranky one day, maybe I didn't sleep enough. I could look the same one day as the next. But since I'm in such a pessimistic and grumpy mood, I think I look way worse than I do. And then the next day when I sleep and I look the same, I'm like, oh no, I look great. You know? And I think it's sometimes that mindset that's kind of playing tricks with you as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think cortisol has gotten a really like bad rap, but it's, you know, it's important. It's an important tool. Obviously you can see it's an important tool for blood glucose regulation, right? So we, we need it. It's actually one of the reasons we wake up in the morning. Like Mm. um, when you exercise, you release cortisol. Like there's a, there's a lot of benefit to um to cortisol but yet the, what we're talking about is constantly elevated cortisol which is is a part of being having, having a very high stress life right it's hard mm-hmm. on, it's and then that also it's it's hard on the heart there's you know you're having a constant adrenaline uh, dumps things like that so it's harder on the adrenal glands right so that's where it's released from so you're having it so it's it's just a multitude of things that i think that you know a lot of times I mean, I definitely, you get it a little bit, but I get villainized all, all the time for about the, he's always so mean about off season. And it's always by the people who are not doing good in the off season. And I'm like, you guys, like there's a multitude of reasons besides me having an easier job of getting you in shape <laughs> for your show than, than this. It's, it's all these things that we're talking about that the stress causes that we can't eliminate. And I, and it's funny is that like, there's so many examples of it, of the stress and people not making progress. And I, I've used this example before, but if you have any, if you're a coach and you have any clients that are like CPAs, so basically people who do taxes and stuff, and the tax season deadline comes around, I will promise you, so pay attention to those clients. I promise you, the week, the last three weeks before taxes are due, they will not make progress. It's like very little progress if they make any, right? And it's, and I was like, I used to see this and I was like, this is weird. Like, and then I started seeing, because I, I don't, over the years, I mean, I've done this 20 years. So I've worked with a lot of like, I worked with a lot of everything, right? Um, but when that happened, so like, for example, when COVID first hit, nurses were like, their progress stopped, oh, right? Because yeah. they're stressed as shit, right? So CPAs, every year, tax season, I'm like, let's just try to get through it type of thing, right? It's almost like when you see people go on a vacation and you're like, I know you're going to eat bad. Let's just try to be net zero. <laughs> let's be like, let's not try to gain any weight or gain like a pound and not like go too far off, right? It's kind of like that during tax season. It's just constant, you know, it was just a constant thing. And it was like, wow, that's really weird. For example, another example would be, uh, Kimber the other day, she was going home and she had a stressful situation before, like that week, she had a stressful situation. 
I was like, let's give you a dieting week before you go home so you can enjoy your mom's cooking, this and that. She gained four pounds on a dieting week, doing more cardio, less calories. There's no scientific reason why that would happen, right? Mm. But she was stressed out, right? Yeah. So like those things happen all the time. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you're, you know, I don't, I don't want to make it like put this pressure on you, but Ashley is, you know, the Olympia is always going to be stressful no matter what. Oh, but, yes. <laughs> but Ashley's ahead of the game and she's just at least doing that part where she's not worried about making it like, well, you're probably still worried, but at least oh, you're less yes. worried. <laughs> the Olympia is <laughs> it's next level. Least, I'm always thinking about, am I going to be ready? <laughs> yeah, but at least you've like, today your weight is about where it should be and you're ahead and you don't have to like worry about, dang, I need to lose 15 pounds to get ready oh, in the yeah. next five. You know what I mean? So at least you've done that part. And that's one thing you guys can do about your stress. And stress is a, it's a tough one because it's like, I can use that example. I'm like, um, people are like stressed. And you're like, okay, then don't stress, right? It's like. Yeah, it's say, like be happy. Like, you know. It's I like, say, uh, if, uh. if I say to you, hey, Ashley, don't think about elephants. Yeah, I know. It makes <laughs> yeah, it worse. It's like. What are you going to think about? It's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't, some things you just can't control like yeah. that, you know? And I think another point to bring up as well is depending on where the stress is coming from, like let's say the stress is caused something by n- nothing to do with like fitness or a competition that's coming up or whatever. It's caused by work. You know, I think too is like, the intensity in the gym isn't the same because your mind is elsewhere. You can't concentrate on the lifts because you're worried about other things, which is kind of, it adds on to the making minimal, if any progress during, you know, the times you should be making progress it slows things down. Um, just because you're just distracted, your mind isn't clear and you're worried about other things and fitness might be the, the last thing on your mind. Yeah. And that's another thing that, um, and I don't want to like, give cortisol the worst name here, but it, it does, it is responsible for a lot of negative things, but also a lot of positive things. But the, another negative thing that it's, it's responsible for, which in turn is, you know, designed to be a positive thing is this process called gluconeogenesis, which is essentially, um, break changing, um, stores, stored amino acids. So basically skeletal muscles, stored amino acids, um, and converting those to glucose. So through, gluconeogenesis, basically taking amino acid, converting it to glucose. And that's that process, gluconeogenesis, is why you don't need carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are not an essential macronutrient. So, you know, amino acids, you have essential amino acids, you have essential fats, but you don't have any, there's no such thing as essential carbohydrates. So they're not necessary in the body because your body can make them, right? So there's no such, so you can live carb-free for the rest of your life. Is it optimal? No. Uh, Is it ideal? Probably not. But can you do it? Yes. And can you adapt to a high amount of that? Yes. You know, um, so very, very, um, it's important to get that distinction. So cortisol is, is also partly responsible for that. It can, so basically, again, running from a bear, the body needs to instantly get as much glucose as possible. One of the processes it can do that. But at that time, the body of, of extreme stresses and common stresses, the body is not concerned with building more muscle and making it harder for you to survive. It's trying to get you to survive. So more muscle is generally in the body's way of thinking is less, less likely to survive, right? If you have all this muscle, it's harder to move it. It takes more energy to store it. Um, it, it takes up a lot of energy throughout the day. So the, the first thing the body is going to usually try to get rid of would be that in those scenarios of like extremes, right? So because it's unnecessary, especially the amount of muscle that bodybuilders and bikini competitors have, it's more than their base. So, you know, it's in excess, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, you having a lot of extra muscle. It's like a, 
a billionaire buying a car, right? It's like, ah, I got so much money to go buy a car. <laughs> so you have a lot of excess muscle. Uh, your body wants to use extra energy. You can just convert some of it and use those energies, right? So when you're in, let's say, extreme stresses and you're really stressing your body out, you're doing, you got behind in your prep, you're doing, I've heard of a lot of girls doing three hours of cardio this season oh for some God. reason. Oh, my God. Three what hours. What the heck? Dude. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. If I you, can't even, I think, I, you know, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. That would be one of those moments you'd be like, well, let's just not, let's just yeah, not let's do this. Just, you know what? Let's just. We have this joke. We have this joke going with Ashley where oh. we'll like change her carbs or something. And she was like, let's just not even. Let's just not let's even. I'm going to tell you the origin of this joke. <laughs> so when I got back from the Arnold UK, okay, and this was when I, I came back and I was way too small. Like I shrank. I did the opposite of rebound. I did like a reverse rebound. I thought I was going to come back all fluffy and puffy from the travel, from not working out as much, from the extra carbs around show day and stuff, right? So I came back and I was all like cranky and tired from traveling. And I did my check-in with Adam and Adam was concerned because he thought I was way too small. And I, I was, I was teeny tiny, way lean. And he's like, Ashley, I know you don't want to, but we're going to have to do the, um, what's it called? The intra-workout, intra-workout like, carbs, like which Gatorade. is basically, which is basically like a carb beverage. Right. <laughs> and I have this thing. I will never drink my carbs or sugar. You know, I think it's such a waste of carbs. Like, you know, I'd rather eat my carbs. But he was like worried I wasn't going to get enough carbs in me um, by the time I was going to compete again, which the reason why we were doing it so rushed is because I had a show in less than a week from the time of stepping off stage at the Arnold. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was like an emergency. We need to get emergency carbs. And I was just so not about that idea. I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I shouldn't compete next weekend. It's. It's okay. It's not worth it. She even like sat back in her chair like. I was dead serious <laughs> too. I was so cranky. I was, I was like, you know what? Let's just not do I was this. like, let her have this. She rarely does it. I was like. <laughs> so then I still I, remember that moment. And the then we moment. just negotiated to edible carbs instead. <laughs> like, and then once it was like edible carbs, I'm like, okay, I can compete again. I was dead serious. I was so cranky and jet lagged. I was just like. I was being so dramatic. <laughs> that was, it was only like once this year, though. So it was a good year. It was a and good then, year. And now it just became a joke. No, it's like, let's just not even. You let's try just to take away my protein bar last week, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just not compete at the Olympia. <laughs> it's okay. But then I got to keep my protein bar. You got to keep so. the protein bar. These threats. No, we're, so. You know what? I'm just going to quit the team. <laughs> Taking away my first meal. I'm just going to quit the team. I'm just going to retire. <laughs> That's so funny. It's <laughs> so drama, dude. It's so drama. It's so funny. So uh, now it's a joke. No, it's, now it's an ongoing joke. But yeah, at three hours of cardio, I would probably quit. That's, I I just, I think like, I mean, I just ran a 10K race yesterday, okay? And that took less than an hour for sure. I can't imagine just doing three hours of cardio, unless it's like a walking cardio. But that's so boring. Yeah. It's so boring, like. I would lose my attention span. Like, okay, let's do something else. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense to be honest to do to take away s that much of someone's daily life. How do you expect them to keep going for a career? You know, and then competing. You know, as a pro, you know, to to get some momentum as a pro, you usually got to compete. You know, five six times in a year. 
So it's like, you expect her to do that all year long through, how do you, how is she going to have any other life? That's not including the workout. So you got to get to the gym, get home from the gym. You got to obviously shower because you're doing three hours of cardio. You can't do three hours of cardio in one session. So what is that even? So what are you doing? Two, I don't even know how they'd structure it. Two one and a half hour cardio sessions. So it's like, you know, it's, it's going to kill your workout. So let's even do the math on that. Okay. So two sessions of cardio, one session of gym. We're talking getting to the gym on top of that. So we have three trips to the gym. Let's say it's 10 minutes each time because it's close, right? That's 20 minutes both ways. So we're talking five hours of committed time to the gym if your workout's an hour a day on top of that, right? That's, that's crazy town. Like who's going to do this forever like that? I and know. then that's going to be extra stress, right? Because now you're not having a life and your boyfriend's like, I never see you anymore. And then, right. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're wasting, you're definitely wasting more muscle at that point because your calories are probably really low because they're not taking a, a, a science-based approach to, to keeping you as the highest calories, lowest cardio possible. So it doesn't, you know, so yeah, it's just, a, that's a mess, man. But it's been a common thing. I keep hearing about it and hearing about it. And I'm like, and some of these girls are posting it with like, proudness you know that they're oh doing gosh it. Yeah, yeah i i wouldn't be proud of that you see this is where i say because you say sometimes asha you're the hardest worker i know and i will tell you i will never do that i i like to think i'm a smart i i work um i work out smarter not harder <laughs> like i will never do that like you know so i would have to give it to those girls that do the three hours cardio although it's not smart they're definitely working harder it's just not smarter it's not smart at all the dedication so, that is pretty extreme here's yeah. the thing though that dedication lasts what like a month it is a, it is and then th that, those are the ones you'll see just like go off the rails yeah they blow up off stage well also because when we talk about um so i'm big on you know get someone right up to maintenance calories right after a show right but people don't like people don't understand what I mean by that. Whatever the current maintenance calories are, not where you started, because you're where you started is going to be different, you know. So now, if you have someone's someone who's in that situation, right? Their body is really, you know, exactly what we're talking about. They're really stressed out. Calories are super low. You know, cortisol is probably through the roof. Um, calorie, you know, cardio expenditure is crazy is crazy through the roof, right? So their their new like maintenance calories is so um, so adapted to that extreme for survival, right? That when they come out of it, that you can't, if you can't maintain your, the way it took you to get lean, you're, you're not going to maintain you being that lean. So if you can't maintain the method of which it took to get you that lean, you can't stay that lean, right? So if that, that makes sense. So if it takes you three hours of cardio and 800 calories to get in shape. Good luck maintaining that for the rest of your life. You have to eventually come out of that, right? So how do you come out of that? Well, your new calorie set point, right? Your normal, your norm now after, let's say eight weeks of three hours of cardio, your norm now is that that's your normal cardio expenditure. So good luck in your future preps, trying to get in stage shape with doing 20 minutes of cardio, right? I'll get that question a lot. I'll get people that are like, yeah, I want to try to do it this way. I want to at least give my body the chance of, of doing like a higher calorie, lower cardio prep. And I want to do the, like it's right now, like I want to do the Arnold, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, you just you, you're, you just finished doing three hours of cardio a couple of weeks ago and you want to get in shape now after you gained back 20 pounds doing 20 minutes of cardio. Like, do you think that's going to happen? Your body's not even going to recognize the 20 minutes of cardio because it's used to the three hours of cardio, right? So like how you set yourself up, the 5D chest we talk about um, is going to obviously make it less stressful for you and not run into the situations less. So it's a kind of a tricky thing. You know, when you come out of the show, you have to go to your, your newfound maintenance calories and you have to reverse all that um, and de desensitize yourself to all that 
crazy cardio expenditure that you're doing before, you know? So it, I do think if you go through multiple preps like that, you do make it future preps harder because that's your body's natural set point at that point. And your body becomes super regular, super used to doing that much cardio. So now when you do an hour of cardio, it really doesn't do anything because one hour of cardio is 50% less than two hours of cardio, which is 30, which is 66% less than three hours of cardio, right? Yeah. And now you're like, okay, go get in shape. Like if I were to take you right now, let's say you're, you, you're doing, well, you're not doing that. But let's say you're doing 30 minutes of cardio five times a week. And I'm like, okay, Ashley, go get in shape now doing 10 minutes of cardio five days a week. Like you'd be like, that's not going to do anything for me. Your body's going to think the same thing, right? right. So it's like, so yeah, so you run into these problems with that situation and it becomes mm -hmm. very, very stressful. It makes the preps harder, right? Absolutely. And that's why I always say in this sport, it's not smart to be too good at cardio. This isn't a performance-based sport. I guess unless you're fitness, but that's, we're not, we're not going to count that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is not a performance-based sport. So we don't want to be too good at cardio. I mean, even for me, I think a lot of people get confused because I'll post about doing like 10K races and stuff sometimes. And, you know, I just ran one last weekend. But the thing is, I don't train for them. <laughs> I just do them. Okay. I, I don't practice. I don't train for long distance uh, because I don't want to be too good at cardio because then I'll be in that scenario where yeah. like, okay, you know, 20 minutes becomes 30 minutes. That becomes 40 and then 50 and then an hour and then so and so and so on. So it's okay to shock your body every once in a while, like I did last weekend, but to to purposely train like that is not smart for our sport, which is why it's really difficult. If you have clients that are like marathoners and stuff, it's yeah. difficult to give them cardio because it's like they're so adapted to it that you have to find these other little ways of doing it. But it's not ideal, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a definitely, uh, it's not the most thought out approach because just like exercise, there's like volume versus intensity. And if you work at an extreme intensity, you can decrease your volume. If you work at a very low intensity, you can work at a, you can have an extreme volume, right? So that's that's kind of the same thing. So if you're doing, you know, low intensity steady state cardio, yeah, in theory, that's going to be um, doable, right? <clears throat> the the problem that we run into, you got to like look at the the science behind it too and really analyze it. Um, so the way, the reason people think that steady state cardio is like the best form of cardio is because you can look at um, how your, <clears throat> excuse me, how your body uses fat the easiest so at rest your body uses most fat like the highest percentage of your calories used while you're sleeping is, is like during sleep so when you're at the, the lowest resting heart rate the slowest pace your body has the easiest ability to use fat as energy right you can oxidize energy at a fast at a, at a at the rate necessary basically to, to kind of survive off of that so but when you're moving faster there's no way for your body to to free up a fat cell, convert it, use it as energy, like during that period, it, the percentage goes down significantly of how much fat is being used during that time frame. the faster you move, right? So people look at that and they're like, oh, well, that means that when I do steady state cardio, I burn the most fat. Yeah, technically you burn the most fat. It's a nominal difference between if you were to do, instead of three hours of cardio, do an hour of cardio at a higher pace. They both burn the same amount of calories, one is going to burn a little bit more body fat because it's easier to use fat at that rate than it would be at the one hour versus the three hours, but one hour intensely, you're going to use more glucose because it's easier, more readily available. It's easier to free up than oxidizing fat, using it as energy right, right away. So people look at that and they're like, oh, I'll just do more steady state cardio and I'll burn more fat. Well, no, you burn the same calories. So at the end of the day, the net difference is zero of, of how you do it. But there is a difference on doing cardio more intensely and doing cardio for prolonged periods of time. 
if you do cardio for prolonged periods of time, there's a point where your core. So when you start working out, there's a lot of reasons cortisol is released. One of them is working out. One of them, when you exercise, cortisol is going to, is going to dump. <clears throat> the longer you do it, the higher that's going to get, right? Because remember we talked about it. It is, uh, it's responsible for gluconeogenesis and it's going to help basically um, break down muscle tissue and use it as energy, right? So the longer you do it, the more more necessary it is to get that energy from other sources because your body's like, oh, I'm running out of fat. I'm running out of stored glycogen, right? That type of thing. So your body just kind of naturally just does that. So the longer you do it, the higher the cortisol level is going to go. So there's this like window period and, and you know, you'll have to look up studies on this to be fully accurate, but I've seen it from different like experts in the field um, where they say that 50 minutes to one hour window of working out is that ideal time frame. Because that's the level. So when you when you work out your GH, your growth hormone, it also spikes, but your cortisol spikes at a higher rate. So your your growth hormones, I'm sorry, your growth hormone spikes at a higher rate, but then it starts diminishing and going down. So there's a point where you first start working out, your growth hormones way up here, and your cortisol is way down here. And then as the longer you work out, the more the cortisol is going to get, but the lower the GH is going to get, and eventually the cortisol levels hormones are producing at a higher rate than the growth hormone levels, and so the, the net benefit becomes lower and lower the longer you do it. So um, that's one of the main reasons why I'm like, I try to do the lowest amount of cardio for someone uh, when they're, when they're exercising. Cause I know I can, I can net the most lean mass. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in bikini, you have to look at your subject and like how, how the best approach is for that particular situation. And the problem is, is a lot of guys and a lot of coaches who are bodybuilders still take a bodybuilding approach to bikini when it's not the same thing. It's, it's a, it's not even the same like sport. They just compete on the same stage. It's a, it's not even like in the realm of the same thing. And that's what people still don't understand. And these, these, it, it even comes down to the cardio and stuff because when, when bodybuilders, you know, when you have 250 pounds of muscle or 200 pounds of muscle and a guy that's on all these, you know, super supplements and all these things that are keeping their, their, their artificial hormones that they're taking to keep all this muscle yeah, they can pretty much do anything and keep their muscle, right? But bikini's not that. They don't do that, right? So it's a different animal. It's a different sport entirely. And you can't take those bodybuilding hardcore approaches and expect a bikini competitor to keep all her muscle when she's not taking any of these like super enhancement hormones and things like that. So it's just different. And people just don't understand that. And they're just like, oh yeah, I gave it to, I gave three hours of cardio to, you know, the 212 and open heavyweight bodybuilder, or, <laughs> you know, and also to, a, a natty bikini competitor. I'm like, what do you think's going to happen with You think that's the same thing? That's not the same thing. <laughs> it's like, it's just a totally different animal. And so, um, and I think that the, you know, with the, with the bodybuilder, with the bikini, you know, difference. Um, yeah. It's going to stress out the bikini competitor a lot more that situation because her body isn't offsetting the natural occurring hormones like the bodybuilder is taking artificially. Right. So it's a, it's a different world, you know? And, and I think that that's why you see, a lot, and especially in bikini, you see a lot of the cream of the crop coaches stay the same, you know, they're like, because I think they've figured out and understand this is a different ball game, you know, it's a different thing. And a lot of them just becoming more and more just specialized in that one area, that yeah. bikini area only, you know, we're like 90% bikini now, you know, 85%. Yeah, I did it's like, notice that it's like <laughs> so these teams you'll see, they have like a major specialty Yeah, and they might have like a few other classes, but they're known for something some class usually. Yeah. So that's definitely true. It is fun. As you, as you just evolve, it kind of naturally picks you, you know, like mm -hmm. you're, I just, I don't know. It's like a, it's like its own art form 
I mean, a bikini is the most challenging for sure. You know, I mean, well, it's also, as I a, mean, as a coach, it's as a coach, challenging, yeah. but it's so fun. Yeah. And as, as an athlete, bodybuilding is obviously the most challenging. Yeah. You know? But as a, as a coach, it's like, there's just so much artistic freedom and so much room to mess up, which is yeah. kind of like a scary thing. A lot too. of unpredictability of like, yeah. you know, it's kind of, there's a lot of those like genius or jerk moves. And I, I'm not afraid of them, but they do, those will stress me out a little bit, like a genius or jerk move, right? Where you're like, well, if we do this show and you win, we're a genius. But if you get third, you're kind of a jerk, right? Like you shouldn't have done it, right? So it's like you do all these like moves, like, all right, we're going to bring you in leaner, but it might not go good. Like we're going to push it and see what happens. And then, you know, it could be one of those situations, but it's, it's fun because it allows that artistic freedom with, with bodybuilding. It's like, no, let's get you leaner, leaner, leaner. It doesn't really matter, right? Let's just mm -hmm. shred you up as lean as you can get, you know? So um, I, I love that about it. I guess if there's any stresses, those ones would be like the, 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 the highly watched, um, highly viewed ones where you're like taking gambles. Those ones are probably a little stressful. Those ones get me, but they get my blood going too. Like, yeah. you know, are they going to like it? Or are they going to hate it? Like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. I agree with that. I, there's like, yeah, this one makes it fun. Yeah. The, uh, the unpredictability factor. It's literally like anybody's game bikini, it seems like on any day, if you're just slightly off or you tried something new and it didn't work as good, you know? I think like this year especially. It's going to be yeah. like, I think, I mean, honestly, any year in bikini, if you take the one through 10 girls, you could probably make an argument in bikini like that any of them could place like higher, lower or whatever. Like it's just a, it's just, they're so close at the Olympias uh, this year, especially with like, we just said about 70 girls. I mean, that's what, that's what it looks like. It's going to be at least in the, at least in the sixties. When is the cutoff? I think there's like a couple more weeks. Couple it's like the end weeks. of November. Okay. Some point. And we got the point system people coming through, yeah. which I, am I, I don't know, on point system, if they tie, do they bring them all? Like, who tied? Um, so it's the top three in the point system, but if someone were to tie in the point system, at least how it used to be, whoever, like, if those two competitors um, placed, let's say, like, so, for example, um, Lana's, like, in on the point system most likely at this point. But, or let's say, or just use a random person. Let's say um, a girl named Camille. She got in the point system, but all she did was place fifth all year long, but she's tied for someone who also placed second, third, second, third in four shows, but this girl did 10 shows and placed fifth and got one point. Well, the other girl had a better season in terms of higher placing, so she would win. Oh. Yeah, so she would get in. Interesting. Kind of cool, right? So they're based on your, your overall average placement, I guess you'd say. Totally. So <laughs> a few other symptoms of stress can also be things like insomnia, making it hard to sleep, Depression affecting your mood, of course. You mentioned the blood sugar issues, weakened immune system, even things like stomach ache, tense muscles. Obviously, that one's a pretty given. Like you, a lot of people hold tension in their necks and stuff when they're stressed. Um, headache, heartburn, hair loss, acne, dry skin, and even like missed periods. But um, you know, I think for our sport, especially digestion, seems to be a big uh, issue. And I think like a lot of people have digestion issues yeah, it's weird, in, right? in, in our sport and they don't know why. I mean, even I was kind of like having some digestion issues earlier in the year, but I want to tell you something, guys, I found like a miracle supplement. I'm going to tell you guys the supplement and now everyone's going to have the, a flat freaking stomach. Okay. <laughs> and let me just say something freaking magnesium. Oh my gosh. Worked so well for me. So well. And I know magnesium has a lot of benefits, right? 
Um, and one of those benefits is helping with your digestion and stuff. Uh, but I never really looked at it as like a supplement for it's that reason. Easy to overlook for that. Yeah, so. because it's like on the list of things that it benefits, like it's, you know, it's not something that stands out. I think most people use it for like calming purposes and things like that um, and neuromuscular stuff. But I started taking magnesium and holy moly, am I regular. I have not had any digestion issues since I started taking magnesium. And I'm not saying that's going to like work for everyone, but for me personally, yeah. oh my gosh, magnesium was a miracle. Like my digestion has never been better or more predictable. So I love magnesium. If you guys <laughs> are having issues with your digestion, definitely try it. And it's one of those things too. It doesn't like, it usually doesn't work like right away. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna take magnesium tonight and then next morning it's gonna be regular. It kind of, I feel like it does kind of have to build up a little bit. But man, I love magnesium <laughs> so much. I just had to share with you guys magnesium. It's a miracle. Yeah, it's weird how, <laughs> how some of these things that don't really line up with being the the answer end up being the answer you know yeah. obviously you had some deficiency of some yeah, type maybe or something it, yeah it could like, just be just me being deficient because yeah, we i mean in in the bodybuilding world it's so it's so weird because in the bodybuilding world it's like the cleanest eaters and i see like the most issues now i do know the high protein diet's a big factor in that but still for the most part these guys are eating really healthy like most most people that are having these issues are eating really healthy i think it's just a lot of times they're eating the same foods all the time too and they'll develop more sensitivities because they're eating the same foods but um it's it's a strange thing because you'll have someone who's like eating terribly and they're just like oh i'm fine <laughs> you know, like, well i think too we're also hyper aware of our bodies and what's going on in our bodies that's a good, good point. as yeah. um bodybuilders because like if you're overweight, are you going to notice if you're bloated or not? Maybe not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Where us, we're like, you were doing the tape measure every week. We're looking at our abs and like, we notice if we're like a little bit distended or not, you know? Um, so I think we're super hyper aware of these things because we, this is our art. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we look you know, at ourselves. I heard this saying the other day. It was a really cool saying. Um, and it's went like you, you're always paying for, is, is it good? You're always paying for your health. You're either paying for it by the inconvenience of taking care of it through your younger years, or you're paying for not taking care of it through your older years, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of cool. It was a kind of a cool saying to look at. I was like, yeah, that is cool because like they're right. You know, if you don't take care of your health in your younger years, you're definitely going to be unhealthy in your over years and pay for it then. You oh, know, yeah, so uh, so it's kind of cool to 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 hear that. I was it was one of those quotes that like stuck with me. I was like, yeah. that's a smart one. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, but it's um. That's that's definitely true. I'd rather, you know, obviously take care of it now and look good <laughs> than have to worry about it so much later. But, you know, it is it is true, though, like even though we do eat healthy, there's all these factors that can affect us. And maybe things we're not even aware of, too, is like I think a good example is like, you know, I found out that I was anemic, which means low blood iron um, after taking my whole year off from competing in 2017 and you would think like if any year would be good for like you know having the the maximum levels of vitamins and everything on point you think it would be then but even when I was eating like a normal person those are quotations <laughs> if you guys are just listening a normal person I still had like low blood iron so it's like one of those things it's like definitely be aware of your body but you know get get your labs done just to make sure nothing's going on that could be affecting it. Maybe it's not stress. Maybe it's something you're lacking. Yeah. You never know. So I do think it's important, especially 
with how advanced um, the sport is getting and how much knowledge is like being shared out there now that everyone really should be, there's really no reason to not get your labs tested and at least see where you're at, you know? Yeah. I mean, you get, you run into some weird situations of things that shouldn't be happening at, with even younger clients. And, um, and I'm like, how does that even happen with you? Like I had, I had a girl the other day, I'll tell you who it is later, but she had her testosterone reading. She was 23, never did anything in her life, never did any PEDs, never did anything. And she was three, came up as three NGDL on the, uh, on her testosterone, like, like very, very low. This is Spanish to me. Yeah, I have so, no idea what you're so, saying. Like it's, it's below. So you might want to explain yeah, to the viewers because I don't even know what he's so talking it's, about. <laughs> it's basically like really close to zero testosterone, like very, very low testosterone for, for even a female. And I was like, how does that even happen? And then as soon as she, her, so they, she got HRT, as soon as she started taking it, like just started growing and sleeping better and being less stressed. And I'm like, her mood was better. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, even at your age, huh? Like, because I, I started doing my stuff at, um, like, 30-ish, you know? And I kind of expected some of it, you know, to be a little bit off. Uh, and it wasn't that bad, but it was bad enough where I should do something about it. And so uh, it was, you know, at any age. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's not that expensive these days. There's so many clinics that do it now. It's like $200 uh, to get your full labs ran. At least you could see what's under the hood. You know, I always say, you know, you got a beautiful Ferrari. You're taking great care of it. But what if you don't know you have a Toyota you know, a Toyota engine in there, right? <laughs> so at least you can make sure you got a Ferrari engine. Everything's working good on the Ferrari engine. And um, you can find things like this, like you're, you're anemic, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And who would have thought, you know, it's not like I was avoiding any foods when I was taking my hair off. I was eating more foods than I needed. <laughs> but still, I think just think people might just be prone to it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, a little bit more about the the digestion issues caused by stress. Um, I just wanted to read you a little blurb here that might make uh, more sense why um, your digestion gets affected when you're stressed. Um, so the gut has millions of neurons which can function fairly independently and our constant communication with the brain. Stress can affect the brain to gut communication um, and may trigger pain, bloating, and other discomfort and felt more easily. The gut is also inhabited by millions of bacteria, which can influence its health and the brain's health, which can impact the ability to think and affect emotions and all that stuff. So definitely mood related as well. Um, but stress can also affect how quickly food moves through the body, which can cause either diarrhea or most of the time constipation, let's be honest. Furthermore, stress can induce muscle spasms in the bowel, which, you know, maybe cramps or anything else like that, but it can be painful. Stress can affect digestion and what nutrients in the intestines can absorb and gas production related to nutrient absorption may increase. So a lot of stuff to think about there. So, you know, we're all connected, the mind to the body. And, and if one thing gets thrown off, it's like, it just kind of throws everything off, it seems, right? Yeah. So, and ideally, you just want your brain and body to be in harmony and less stress, the better, obviously. But again, there are some, some forms of good stress. And sometimes that good stress can give you that little kick in the butt uh, to get stuff done. Like, uh, for example, if you're under a time uh, limit for something you have to turn in a project for work you might be like oh gotta get this done fast like i gotta get, gotta get working on it whereas like if you didn't maybe have a time uh frame to get it done by you might just be taking your good old time and kind of putting it off to the last minute anyway but you know there are good forms of stress but also bad forms of stress obviously and and uh we want to avoid the bad stress as much as possible 
um, and just, you know, living, live the happiest life. But I will say in relation to a contest, you know, I mean, easier said than done because I'm, I'm, I do this a lot as well, but you know, sometimes you have, you have to just like convince yourself (laughs) if you're getting stressed out, right? Let's say before a show, you're getting really stressed out. You're doing everything how you're supposed to be doing, but you're still stressed and maybe even nervous. So those can kind of get a little intertwined sometimes. Just think to yourself at the end of the day, it's not that serious. Okay. Yeah. You're still going to go home. Your family is going to love you. And you still look better than 99.9% of people walking this earth. And they all wish they could look like you on stage. Just the fact that you had the guts just to get up there shows something, right? So I know easier said than done. You're still going to get nervous probably, but just think to yourself, like I've came so far, regardless of what happens, I'm proud of my physique because I gave it everything. Yeah. And that's all I can do. It's out of my hands. And I always say the haze in the barn, right? The haze in the barn. So as long as you know you gave your best and throughout prep you did everything you could to uh, bring the best package possible, you listened to your coach, you followed directions, you did everything um, according to plan, what happens on stage um, is a secondary thought because you did it. You gave it your all. So it's out of your hands. Haze in the barn. And it's not that serious. Just have fun. Have fun. Yeah, I think that was a really good, really good way to put it. Yeah. That was really good. I think that's a good note to leave off on, actually. Yeah, you killed definitely. that one. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they make a clip out of that one. Oh, <laughs> Those little clips they make. So anyway, guys, uh, you have any questions that we can answer, any uh, topics that maybe we should discuss that further go into that discussion of stress or any ads, please leave it in the comments. We always use those for future podcasts. And remember... MuscleEgg.com forward slash Team Elite Physique. Keep Ashley full of eggs. Eggs. And then what is the angels? Uh, Code Ashley K Fit at checkout to save. There you go. And then make sure that sassy stays suited. Yeah, sassy. I think (laughs) sassy needs a new suit. Yes. If you don't use code Ashley K Fit at angels, it is is Sasquatch discrimination. We are are absolutely appealed. Indeed. That's true. And offended. Indeed. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you later.